May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. As I was preparing for this sermon, I realized that more often than not, I start off by saying, this gospel I don't like, or this gospel was particularly hard, or this gospel really challenges me more often than I say, what a wonderful gospel reading we have today. So I'm not going to change. This gospel reading always challenges me. For whenever I read it, it makes me think, oh my goodness, I am definitely a goat. Because I can think just within this week of a time that I have walked past a homeless person and not thought to help them out. I can think within the last few days of an opportunity that I was given to show kindness to somebody I know or even somebody I don't know and chose to ignore that opportunity. I can think of the many ways in which I have failed to do that to the least of these. And so when this gospel came across my reading for today, I started crying. And I started crying not simply because I recognized myself as a goat, but I cried because as I looked around our world, I thought it seems as though those who do not care are taking over. That everywhere we look, there seems to be a, ray, a rise in hate, in evil, in division, in cruelty. And in particular, what made me cry as I read our gospel was I had just watched a video of a young woman in Israel saying that she felt nothing when she heard about children killed in Gaza. And what made it even worse was when you looked at her face, she had this angelic face and you were waiting to hear words of comfort, of compassion, of healing coming out of this young face and instead heard her say she felt nothing at the suffering of children. And as I looked around the world, it seemed that that coldness of heart was in fact the common denominator, not care as Jesus has called us to care. I watched the news of a woman in Sudan who had been forced to flee her home when the fighting happened and ended up in a refugee camp. And then fighting followed her to that refugee camp and she had been forced to flee to another camp with her five children. And when the journalist found her, she was mixing cornmeal with water, a very little bit of cornmeal that she was hoping would be enough 
for her and her five children to have at least one more meal. And I read this story looking at my fridge and freezer that are overflowing with food and wondered to myself, God, what can we do in the face of so much suffering, so much hunger, so much despair? And then... I read a story from the Democratic Republic of Congo of a group of men who were illegally mining cobalt. And they were illegally mining cobalt because the rights to the mines have been given to major corporations. And so the people of the area try and illegally mine so that they can sell cobalt that is needed for all our wonderful technology so that they can feed their families. And as this group was mining, a landslide happened from the mine that they were working and they were all covered in that mudslide. And I thought, Lord, how is it that I am able to use my cell phone because of the mining that these people do, and yet they suffer while I live a life of comfort. How is it that our world seems to be so out of whack that so many are suffering and so few proportionately are able to live comfortable lives. And I don't know about you, but when I feel overwhelmed by what is happening in the world, when I feel overwhelmed by the sadness, by division, by suffering, that my answer is to get into bed and watch murder mysteries and eat chocolate. And... Again, Simon, thank you for bringing me the real Cadbury's from England. And so I, that's exactly what I did. I crawled into my bed and I put on my murder mysteries and I cuddled, put on my warm blanket underneath the sheets and sat there. And then as I was watching my murder mysteries, a message came across. And so I opened the message, and it was somebody sharing with me a television interview of a young American nurse who had just come back from Gaza. And she spoke about how the people had taken care of her in the midst of the bombings, that people made sure that they shared the little bit of food that they had with her, 
that when people had just one bottle of water, they made sure to share that bottle of water with her, that people helped her to escape to get to where she could be evacuated. And she talked about the love and care that she had experienced from people living in this horrendous situation. And the interviewer said to her, well, would you ever go back? And she said, I would. Of course I would. Because I felt the work that I was doing was meaningful. I felt the love of those people for me and me for them. I felt that I was making a difference in people's lives in the midst of horror and that people showed me in the midst of horror what God's love looks like. And so I thought, okay, God, I get it. There are some sheep. Okay. And I went back to my murder mysteries. And then, bing, another message. And I opened the message, and it's from another friend sharing with me a link of a radio interview with a doctor from Gaza. And the interviewer says to him, well, you and your family could leave and get into safety. So why don't you and your family escape what is going on right now? And he said, do you think that's what I went to medical school for? So that my family and I could be comfortable? No, I went to medical school because I knew I had a gift of healing. And God has called me to be a healer in this situation. I am not going to leave my patients for my own safety. I am going to be here to heal as long as I can to care for God's people in this place as well as I can. So I thought, okay. I hear you, God. I hear. And then, ping! A WhatsApp from my daughter sharing an article by a woman who talks about how her perception and perspective on charity and giving have been guided by her own life experience. And she talks about how she and her mother were so poor at one point that they left their home and moved into one of those long-stay hotels. And basically in a little studio room with a kitchenette and a bathroom. And that her mother had bought potatoes because that was the cheapest thing that she could buy. And she bought those potatoes and they ate potatoes for a whole week. And at the end of the week, they had run out of potatoes. And so her mother took her by the hand and went down the hall and knocked on the door of somebody else living in that area. And as when the woman opened the door, her mother said to her, 
we are hungry and you don't have to give me anything, but please, can you give me something for my child? All she has had this whole week is potatoes and I'm out of even those. Would you give us something for her? And the woman opened the door wider and when they looked, the table was set for the woman and her husband and on the table was a pot roast and vegetables and rice and the woman gathered it all up and gave it to her mother. And she said, for me, that was a learning in what giving is meant to be. That it is that we give our abundance. We give from a place of love because I would have been grateful if that woman had given me a slice of bread and cheese. That would have been a meal for me. I would have been ecstatic if the woman had given me a slice of that pot roast and some of those vegetables. But no, she took it all and gave it to me and my mother. And that spoke to me of what God's love looks like in the world and that what I am called to be and how I am called to live. And so as I reflected on all of those stories, I heard God saying to me, it is so easy to see the evil, the despair, the oppression, the hatred. It is so easy to see all the ways in which humanity fails because those are the stories that make the headlines. Those are the stories that lead the news. But there are so many in the world feeding the hungry, visiting the stranger and imprisoned, clothing the naked, caring for these, the least of God's children. And so our God says to us, do what you can, where you can, for it is those small gifts, those small acts, that change individual lives and therefore change this world so that we can trust that our God blesses us with eternal life. Amen.